was literally styling from Hong Kong. Like I would be on corporate trips with Gap, styling from Hong Kong and getting ready for fittings, but buying clothes and pulling clothes before I got back home from Hong Kong, getting off the plane from Hong Kong back to America and going in to work with an executive. And it got to the point where it was bad on my health. So uh, that's when I decided I needed to take the leaps. Hi there, it's Sewa, and welcome to episode 52 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Germany Gerald, who is stylist to Silicon Valley C-suite stars like Bozoma St. John, Latasha Gillespie, and Valicia Butterfield-Jones. Who knew that you could build a thriving business around styling everyday professional women? If you're curious how Germany landed her initial clients and grew her firm, keep listening because she shares a great story about how she landed Bazoma St. John as a client. Before we hear the rest of Germany's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Germany's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with Germany Gerald, founder of Gigi & Co. Styling Firm. Germany, Gerald, welcome to She's Off Script. How are you today? I'm doing well, and I am so grateful to be here online with you. Oh, well, I cannot wait to dig into everything you do just because I haven't known any real life stylists. And earlier you were sharing that it's Emmy week. So I would love to get some behind the scenes insight into your business. But for those of our listeners who haven't heard of you or Gigi and co-styling, could you share who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Germany Gerald. I go by Germany G, and I own GT and Co. Styling Firm. And it is a firm dedicated to giving professional women um, a platform to be able to um, create their signature style and be their truest self and their most confident selves and how they show up as a brand through what they wear. And so while I also style celebrities, my main focus and my niche is on that career-driven, that purpose-driven, that ambitious woman um, who may not have the time um, or may not have the know-how to really build out their style and try to communicate what they're thinking and feeling inside to that outside world. And so that's what my firm does um, through each of our verticals, through um, personal styling, through the dress code, which is a course, which helps women do that if they don't have that bandwidth or time um, to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And then also through Sip and Style, which is a unique event where we talk about style over cocktails and have vendors and events. And we can talk about that later, but that's just the long short of Gigi and Co and me as a stylist and what I do. So Germany, just looking at your resume, it seems like you've always wanted to work in fashion. And if <laughs> that is the case, why do you think you started as a biochemistry major? Yes. Okay. So the thing is, yeah, that I, it's interesting that I've always had a knack for fashion or always have been attracted to it in some way. But growing up in a very traditional Southern middle-class 
household, uh, fashion was looked down upon. And so I said things that made my parents, you know, happy. Um, so I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And then I started talking to my dentist who told me that her son was not going to be taking on her business. And so she said, well, if you go into dentistry, then you can have my practice after you complete school. So basically I had the track laid out for me. I said, I'm good at bio biology. I'm good at chemistry. How about I do biochemistry. It'll be great. So I enrolled into school and it just was not working out. And I remember my freshman year, I went to ironically a fashion show. I had no clue that my school even offered fashion and textile management as a major. Went to the fashion show, said I could not wear scrubs the rest of my life. Um, and I decided that fashion was probably easy and I could do biochemistry and fashion and major in both at the same time. Ooh. I went onto the campus, um, the fashion campus, and the dean of that campus told me that I was bananas and insane. And after talking to him, in the 30 minutes of our conversation, he dropped all of my biochemistry classes, and I was then a fashion major and had to somehow tell my parents. Mm. <laughs> so, I've yeah. had guests come on before where the conversation with the parents has gone some interesting ways because in their minds, they have a track laid out for you as of well. Course. Of course. And especially coming from parents who neither of my parents um, went to formal college until later on in life. And so for me, I was that first generation and they were looking at me like, we sent you to private school. We Put, we invested in you. We've sent you across the country to help you be the better person. And you want to choose fashion um, instead of anything traditional, because I feel like in the modern black family or, you know, the traditional black family, the, the thing is, is either you do like back in the day, it was either you become a lawyer or a doctor. And that's kind of like all they knew. And now we have engineering and now, you know, people are more educated on all the things that you can do um, mm -hmm. in any sector of life. But then, you know, it's hard to have those conversations when that's all your parents know. Right. And so, cause they want the best for you. They want to see you successful. And in their minds, they can't envision the path to success right. with fashion and styling. And that is what this platform is about is helping people see what those paths look like. They may not take your exact path to that success, but at least they've seen someone do it before, right? Representation matters. Yeah. So where do you think that passion for fashion came from? I, I literally, the crazy thing is, is that my dad, um, he's a pastor, but he always wanted to be an interior designer. Um, and then he was also always like, nominated as best dressed pastor like in charlotte and so i think it was like a natural knack for that and he would always dress me in like the best clothes so then i kind of like took it upon myself and started to show like my own personality and my mom would always tell me like what i couldn't wear so i kind of um i like subdued and like maybe i like put that stuff in my subconscious um and like while I was showing a face saying like oh I'm going to be studying chemistry and studying sciences and becoming a dentist it was still always like in the back of my mind I always was looking at Vogue always like um earmarking different 
um, pages in magazines and then trying to replicate those styles. And then my mom would probably tell me to change my clothes. <laughs> it, was, it was a road. It was a long road. <laughs> She's better now. But yeah, so that was, that was pretty much my life. And then um, after realizing that fashion was something that could be attainable after going to that fashion show, I realized that I always wanted to be on the business side. I, I didn't have, I don't know how to draw, so I couldn't be a designer mm-hmm. um, from like a traditional standpoint, but I didn't know where I could like see myself. And I've always been good at like, I've always been business savvy. Um, I was always like in student council, always like running things. So I was like, okay, I can be on the business side of fashion and corporate, corporate retail was never a thought for me until I went to that campus and learned what was offered. And so that's kind of how I segued into fashion and textile management with business and marketing, um, of that, um, of doing business marketing, um, as a concentration. Yeah. Okay. So as a full-time job, then you landed at Gap. Is that right? I did. I did. And then you side hustled for say almost four years to build Gigi and co styling firm while you were getting promotions and growing your corporate career. Yeah. Insane. I was crazy. I mean, and it seems like things were going well on the corporate side. What made you think to start your own company? Yeah. So the thing is that things weren't going well. On the corporate ah, side. Yes. It seems so, like they were going well, right? It seems like it was going well. And so I had the fortuitous opportunity to be in GAP's retail management program. Um, and I became a merchant after doing that program for nine months. And I always saw myself like, going up the corporate ladder, being a VP of merchandising, um, and making sure that, you know, one of America's biggest brands, which is Gap in their portfolio, was edified and that, you know, you could see diversity and that I could have a seat at the table and talk for the lives of all women and all people. Um, but after I left Old Navy, um, I was um, offered, well, I was told that I, after taking a position, that in six months I would be promoted. That six months turned into two and a half years. So Mm. because I could do my job with my eyes closed, literally, I needed something that made me happy each day. And so I just so happened to be going shopping with one of my good girlfriends. She's my best friend now. Um, And she said, you are really good at like helping people like put outfits together. Why don't you do this um, as a business? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like people don't get paid. And she was like, yeah, personal stylists get paid. And I'm like, no, they don't. (laughs) And that's like, literally that's me being naive at the time. And so I kind of like shut myself off to it. But as time went on, People would ask me, like, how I put things together. So I said, well, why don't I get five girls together in my living room, talk about their different body body types, how to style those body types over alcohol, over wine. You know, women love wine. Women love And so um, that's kind of how the sipping style started. And from sipping style, things kind of splintered off. And people will want to work with me one-on-one versus in like a group cohort. Because that's what sipping style was in the beginning. And so then I started taking personal one-on-one projects and then crazily got the fortuitous opportunity to work with Bozema St. John, who was working at Apple at the time and had just done her... um, 
her speech on like what Apple was going to be coming out with in the future. And then I think her, um, her notoriety kind of took off from there. Now, while she has a great portfolio, that kind of was like that big moment for her. So I was on the heels of that moment. And after working with her, so many more professionals and executives got her, got that attention and got word that I was the one styling her. And mm-hmm. so simultaneously in that moment ironically gap decides they want to finally promote me so i'm like okay i can do this at the same time and i was literally styling from hong kong like i would be on corporate trips with gap styling from hong kong mm-hmm. um, and getting ready for fittings but buying clothes and pulling clothes before I got back home from Hong Kong, getting off the plane from Hong Kong back to America and going in to work with an executive. And it got to the point where it was bad on my health. Right. Um, and so uh, that's when I decided I needed to take the leap. So I gave you the long short, but that's kind of like how I gave you the long. Because mm-hmm. I do want to know the long. What boxes did you have to check off for yourself before you knew okay, I am in a position to take that calculated risk. For sure. So the crazy thing also is that my mom, it was in finance and is a VP at a, um, at a bank. And so, (laughs) um, a lot of, there were, there were a lot of calculated risk, if you will. So once I told her like, Hey, I think this could be something she was like, okay, like, let's really think this through. Like, what's the track? Like, financially, we need to set you aside a cushion before you take a leap. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> build some models, right. the finance person. <laughs> right. right. So she was like, reel it in. Like, you got the talent, you got the brains. We know you have the skill, but like, let's really take a financial, like, let's think about things financially savvy and think through the plan. So then we went through like this year and a half plan of me getting to this financial growth sheet goal that she set for me so I was like skipping out on like going to Napa with my friends um and then like as like a 25 26 year old you're like oh my god I can't go out with my friends um or I can't go out to eat all the time but you you have to realize it's a greater goal and why I am so young I do appreciate learning sacrifice so young because there is something great at the other end of sacrifice Mm -hmm. um So I had the blessing of having my mom there who could help me from the business side. And she also helped me like build a, um, a business plan and then also plan for the future, um, and set aside a cushion for myself before I took that leap, which was ironically on my 10 year anniversary that I had started at the gap because I started when I was in high school working in stores. So insane. Um, but yeah. Wow. See, I love to see that behind the scenes view on what was going on for you before you decided, okay, I can actually take the leap. And it sounds like for you, it was a very methodical process because you had the support of your mom. For others, it's like a plain leap. I don't know where I'm going to land, but I'm going anyway. Um, A lot of people have a, a lot of different journeys, but it's good to see that variety. So now you're in it. Now you're styling clients. What did it take for you to build a thriving business? And so could you walk us through what you were doing during those side hustle years before you found that, okay, I have a thriving business now? Yeah. So during those side 
like the side hustle years, it was a lot of feeling, a lot of feeling fast. So the way to approach my client and who I wanted my client to be. And so with personal styling, people often think of celebrity. And I realized very early on that that is a very um, saturated, saturated um, subset. And so I realized that I needed to niche my market. And Mm -hmm. I was in an amazing place. I was in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. People don't really know what to do. And so I was able to realize how these people wanted to show up but also how they needed to be approached and be spoken to. And I think being able to have that corporate background, um, it is a way that I'm able to talk to my clients um, better because one, most of my clients, 80% of them are executives. So then they want to be approached on a very professional level. Absolutely. Um, So, Like I said, when I started my company, I was 23. Like there was still so much I needed to learn. And so um, it was one learning how to talk to my customer and also knowing who my customer was. Um, It was also me learning how to like keep books and receipts and all of that, because that's so important, whether it's whether I'm like pulling from a designer or just like pulling from the mall, I need to be able to like keep my books in order. Um, so that's, that's some things that I learned, but then also learning that each client is very different. Like no one client that you would ever see in my portfolio looks the same. And like I said, it's about me showing their personality. Um, and then also learning how to pitch my services in that same way. Um, and so there's, it's crazy. I've gotten clients from LinkedIn. I've gotten clients from Instagram, but like also doing it in a professional way. Um, And then like cold emailing. And so after like working with a ton of executives, they start telling their executive friends Mm -hmm. and then it starts to spread. And then it's like, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you. And then things start to become more consistent. And so I think right after leaving, I won't say I did everything correctly after I took the leap because I probably had maybe three consistent clients at the time. So there were some dark moments after taking the leap. I was very depressed. Like, did I make the right move? Like I also moved to Los Angeles, whereas my like core was in the Bay area. So I'm like, did I take the right move? Um, but in that time, it helped me to really like think through and position myself for this new place in Los Angeles, but also to think through um, my other verticals as well. And me being able to provide my services to more women through one, the dress code and that course, Mm -hmm. um, and also building out our experiences through the sipping style. And so being able to do that has helped me grow as a leader and as a person and as a great stylist for my firm. I hope I answered your question. You absolutely did. You absolutely did. And so as an entrepreneur, and you alluded to this earlier, you have to master the art of pitching because that's your bread and butter. And so you said you used LinkedIn and Instagram to pitch clients. Can you share any tips on how you've been able to do it in a credible way and actually land clients? Yes, for sure. So one thing that I learned in starting out is that research is so important. I, before I approach any client, 
um, that I am actively trying to pursue myself, research them. What have they done? What are they doing? What is the need? Why do they need me? And how can I help them? Um, Because me pitching to them, it shouldn't be about me. It should be about them. Mm -hmm. And so I want to tell them how I can be a benefit to their life. How can my service benefit you? Also, visual representation of where I see, like their style is great. I tell them that, but where I can see them evolving their style. So I show them like visual representation of what I feel like I can do with their style. And then also showing them people that I have worked with in the past, um, just to like give them some comfort around the whole thing. Because like I said, well, maybe I haven't said this yet, but style is personal. And so you have to like really get in their psyche because they're like, when you first reach out to them, they're always like, are you telling me I can't dress? Like what's going on here? Right, right. you don't have time I want you to work on your personal things your things that you need to get done and let me take care of anything else because the last thing you want to do while you're prepping for a keynote or a conference is think about what you want to wear and most of the time a lot of them are just like packing anything that's easy and they have this great speech this great mind and then they've packed whatever and you I hear what you're saying but maybe you don't have the complete package Mm -hmm. I hope provide you with a complete package. And that's kind of what I pitch and say. So I, I want to do this case study now. So let's take Bozoma as your case study. To me, it sounds like she was patient zero, where she was the one who kicked everything off. So when you pitched her, how did you do it? What did you say? And how was it received by her? Yeah, so I knew pitching to Bozoma, I needed to do something great like I needed to do something that would capture her attention mm-hmm. and so I made a video <laughs> and it's Ooh. so crazy that I had planned to make the video before I was actually granted the door to be able to provide it provide it to her so ironically everything lined up in this divine order where the video was already made so I made a video saying that like she was a mom on the go like I know that Bose like really loves her daughter and she wants to spend more time with her. So I made a video saying that she's a mom on the go. I can take care of her style while she takes care of her daughter and gets to spend more time with her. Um, and I also knew like what she had coming up. That's why I said research is important. So I'm like, oh, well, when you go speak at, you know, Fox, like you could wear this at Fox. And I showed like a photo of like the outfit that, that I dreamed for her on the screen for Fox. And I was like, and then I know that you have like this thing with fashion week coming up. And then I showed like another thing. And then I said, do you want to roll with the G? <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's like right up her alley too. Yes. <laughs> so her language. <laughs> sure. so you have to know how to speak to your client as well. Like not every client I'm going to approach and say, do you want to roll with the G? It'll be right. like, to work with Gigi and Co. But with Bozum, <laughs> she's so fun and bubbly. Like I said, had I approached her in like not my truest personality, she would have been like, okay, like this is great, but maybe not. Right. And so we're great friends to this day and we can joke around, but some clients aren't like that. In the beginning, they want you to be buttoned up and then they'll show you more of the personality and they want you to show more of the personality, but you have to know who you're speaking to. You have to know mm-hmm. who you're on. Ooh, I love that. See, you were prepared. And I think that's the key. key. It is key because people can see you coming from a mile away when you're not prepared. And it's that's a that's a big pet peeve for me. I start getting hives. I'm like (laughs) I'm like, please step to me correctly. When you sent me things, I was like, who is she? I'm looking at old podcasts. Okay, I want to be a part of it. So yes, 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 yes. 
thank you. Thank you. I, I receive it. <laughs> okay. So now you've figured out, okay, this is how I'm going to position myself to actually credibly land clients. But why did you choose to focus on corporate professionals and entrepreneurs as opposed to you know, Hollywood style celebrities, because you have the talent, although it's saturated, you could have gone into that market. Could have gone into that market um, for sure. And I still like dip and dabble in that market, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't, sorry to any of my clients who are listening to this, it doesn't give me, you know, it's like, what keeps you awake at night? It's me being able to communicate the personality of these intelligent women who Mm -hmm. don't have time or who don't know how and it's me putting together a brand for them and they already have a brand for themselves but what's their brand image through their style and for me that is what makes me the most happy that is when people can tell them like oh my god your keynote was great and you look great like it's like oh yes thank you. And then my stylist is because they're always like, Oh my gosh, she's great. She's amazing. But like at the same time, it's them at their truest self, their truest core. Um, and sometimes people just don't know how to communicate that um, mm-hmm. through style because we've never been taught how to shop. We've never been taught how to style ourselves. You just go to the store. You're like, okay, this could be cute. Or you go see a mannequin. You're like, Oh, I like what the mannequin is wearing. You put it on yourself and maybe you wear it once, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then you wasted money. So my thing is, I don't want anybody to waste money. These celebrities are gifted clothes or are showroomed, are presented with clothes from showrooms and they get to send that back. But with mm-hmm. my clients, they don't necessarily get to send that back. Like, so how can I help you maximize your dollar and to be able to show your personality and you be able to wear the pieces and help them go through your life and you feel like they're a part of you. Mm-hmm. So that's like my mission, my goal. And that's really what you're most passionate about. That's what I'm most passionate See, about. That's a good way to go about it because if you go after the money and the glitz and the glam, it's not enough to sustain you. And after a while you're just over it. Right. For me, it's not about it's about making people happy, making people feel confident. And the thing was, is that um, I was talking to a friend. I was like, they asked me why I wanted to be a dentist. And I was like, I love to see people smile. And then they said, well, aren't you doing that now with styling? And I said, oh, my God, that is so crazy. I never put the correlation together. And while like I was attracted to seeing people smiles, I now am able to do that through a different way. and you know, NC State helped me get there um, just through a different way. Um, And so it's about the things, the stepping stones and making those right decisions, those gut decisions to help you get to your true divine purpose. A couple episodes ago, we had Nicole Old Salmon on the show, who's the purpose coach. And she said a lot of what you're saying now about some people, they, they just get to the point where they're over their jobs. And they think I I made a misstep by going that route, but that's not the case. Think about what is it about what you are doing that lights you up so you can kind of take that and then translate it into something else. And you just said it. I like to see people smile. So here you are. Exactly. Exactly. Now, in addition to styling clients, I know you also you've added the course and the live event that you talked about, Slip and Style. Conventional wisdom just says pick one thing, master it. Could you share why you've decided to structure your business in this way, where you have 
the three different pillars? Yeah. So I've always like while I love pers- while I love like the aspect of one on one styling and personal styling, I want women to be able women and men, when I say men, that's like with the sipping style. Um, but through the dress code, I'll talk about that. Um, specifically and then segue but through the dress code I wanted to be able to educate women Mm -hmm. and for them to feel like their most confident selves because as I said earlier we've never been taught how to shop so more than anything a lot of women in America in any country are purchasing clothes consuming and never really feeling great about what they've consumed So how can I utilize everything I've learned from retail, from myself? Because if you see me 10 years ago, like, (laughs) granted, style evolves, but I've started to take a more methodical approach about how I approach style. Like, I don't, I shop maybe every three months, and I love everything that I wear, and I'm able to make a new outfit because of that. And so I want people to really think through um, and take a more methodical approach about what makes them happy, what illuminates them when they put on a put on an item of clothing, mm-hmm. and what about that item made you feel that way? And so then, I need to ask: You say you shop every three months, and we'll we'll delve into this a little bit more later. But how much are you buying every every time you go shopping every three months? Small. It's very small. It's very small. And if, if before that three months I find something, it's probably like one thing. And then I will bring something home. I never try on anything in store, as but people should. Um, but now I know my body type and I know what works for it. So mm-hmm. I take things home. I let it sit in my closet. Well, actually, I bring it home. I try to figure out, like, what three things, what three outfits can I make with this one thing that I just bought? If I can't make three outfits, it's going back. Hmm. Well, should take that approach. If you can't make three outfits with something that's in your closet, Take it back because you're not getting the bang for your buck, which is another reason why I don't wear dresses. But, you know, we can go into that. (laughs) Interesting. Yes, I want to hear more about that. But continue, continue. So it's about being taking an educational, methodical approach when it comes to your style, understanding what um, gives you that emotion when you put on clothes, understanding your body type and understanding the giving you the key tools on how to shop. I want to be able to provide that to all women because mm-hmm. I feel like it's necessary for all women, even if you can't work with me on a personal styling one-on-one level. So then from a sipping style standpoint, that's just for the millennials who, you know, they they kind of want to like do it themselves, but they kind of, they're like, oh, I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I think I need to spruce it up a bit, but I want to do it myself. So we get you know, influencers on the panel, as well as my own team who's been on the panel. And we sit and we chat about style and, and, you know, a few like style topics that people might be thinking about. And Mm -hmm. so we also have like a showcase of how they can utilize these things in their life and in their wardrobes and how they can apply it to their personal lives. But then we have like the vibes, the music, um, we have wine and whiskey sponsors. And so we're trying to also partner with the community and build a network in that area. Um, but I think what has made me not do one thing and master it is because um, I've had people who have been able to help me along the way. Like I'm not as much in the weeds with sip and style anymore. Like my team is very much so in the weeds. And while I might communicate the vision and what I want to see, 
see they do a lot of the groundwork um, and it's an amazing team. Um, and so even though that's something that is a part of Gigi and Co, I'm not like always in the weeds. Um, I'm always checking in, but also um, I still also have to be a stylist. So there are, um, we have a calendar in which there is like sip and style season in which, you know, usually at the beginning of the year, it's not really centered around styling. And so this is like the time we can do sip and style. And then like the back half of the year is like when we have a war season and when like my clients are out um, during most of their conferences and things like that. So that's when things kind of pick up. And so then I need to just focus solely on my travel calendar and going to take care of my um, my needs and then I mean my client needs and then with the dress code it's an ongoing course so you don't really need me as much other than me like checking in once a week with my students mm -hmm. so I can manage my time appropriately but I think my <laughs> to round it out I think my experience in working in the craziness of corporate at Banana Republic in tandem with building a business and I was also had like another side hustle while I was doing that like I wow. said, I was crazy in that moment. Um, but I think being able to juggle all of that and still sustain a great, I was able to sustain myself in all of those areas. And I didn't feel like I was faltering in any one area. Mm -hmm. I think that prepared me for where I am now. To be able to have my hands in many things and learn what needs to take priority mm -hmm. and what time it needs to be. And in my, in my experience, a lot of high achieving people need that fast pace. They need that adrenaline. If yeah. you were only focusing on that one thing, you probably would get bored really yes. easily. For sure. For sure. I'm like, what's next? Right. And I'm still always still now thinking of what's next. And then people on my team or my close friends will be like, okay, rule it in. Like, write that down. And then maybe we'll pick this up in 2021. Like, I love mm -hmm. this idea, but like soon, like let's right. take it. We need to be taken care of first. We have the three channels right now. Like, take care of these three channels, and then we will pursue other things. As you should be. I think you should always be thinking about the future. You should always have a strategy. But then, when it comes to execution, there's only one of you and a few other hands helping, right? Exactly, for sure, for sure. I'm I'm a finance person, so I would love to get some insight into when it comes to revenue streams for your business. When you look at the three different verticals that you have, do you find that one is performing better than the other. And I really ask this for people who are looking to come into or get into the same field. Yeah. Do they need to do all three in order to have a well-rounded viable business? Hmm. Can you pay your bills on just one of the verticals? I can pay my bills on one of the verticals. Yes. To live comfortably, I need another vertical. And that vertical is through the dress code. It's passive income. It's always going to be coming in because it's a um six-week course and women can just take it and they're enrolled but then they're enrolled forever but then there are just more people who are becoming enrolled students in that so that's passive income um but i would say that you know a lot of stylists are able to sustain themselves and live comfortably for me i'm working with the everyday woman um or executives and while some executives might be able to pay me x amount of dollars i know that when i am working with you know the everyday woman she might be like well that is a big dollar amount i love what you're doing i kind of want to understand so i have tiered my services and have tailored it to who i'm working with if that makes sense mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, I think as I grow and I understand the business, I think that in the early stages, you probably do need another vertical um, or a side hustle to your full hustle while you're um, growing. But I can't pay my bills on the from just the styling side. But I've also been doing this for five years now. So Okay. See, that's, that's really good insight to have because now I'm sure people who are starting this are thinking, okay... I need to put some work, five years worth in to maybe get where Germany is. And this is part of how she's been able to get to that level. Yeah. So as you said, for the everyday person, they may not be able to afford your full-blown personal stylist uh, services. They probably see a value in what you're offering, but they can't really shell out the coin for it. So where would you tell them to start when it comes to developing their signature personal style? My services? Yeah, absolutely. I would say go to the dress code. And while it's 450, it's six courses that really go into depth about how you can, it's six course modules about how you can really transform your style from A to Z. So I give you all the tools and resources you need to do it yourself. Um, And then you'll be able to have those one-on-one check-ins with me. And then we can talk about your style. And if you have a question, during the weekly check-ins, you'll be able to ask those with your cohort of students um, and be able to, for me to help you really, you know, hone in on what you might be having issues with or problems with. But it's set on more of a group setting. Versus- mm-hmm. yeah. Got it. So for anyone who thinks, oh, that might be where I need to start then, could you give us a preview into what is step one in figuring out your signature personal style? Yeah, step one into figuring out your personal style is understanding what you're attracted to, what makes you happy. Um, And until you understand what you're attracted to and what makes you happy, you won't know how to hone in on your personal style. So a homework that I give that I can even give to some of your listeners is that make a Pinterest board. And from that Pinterest board, or even like take magazine tears um, or, you know, bookmark things on Instagram. But from what you see, exactly understand exactly what it is you're attracted to because some people if you look at a photo some people might like just the skirt versus the whole outfit or Mm -hmm. you might just like the print of the skirt versus the skirt itself so really dissect what it is because you might say you want to like Beyonce and I dress you just like Beyonce and you're like not happy and it's because it's not you so what is it about what Beyonce has on that you like? Is it the top? Is it the volume of the top? Like, then try to take that, what you see, and put mm-hmm. it on yourself and then ask yourself, does this make you happy? Hmm, I like that. And for the rest, they're just going to have to get your course. <laughs> <laughs> get a little sound bite. <laughs> um, so... Could you give us some tips on transitioning our closets, especially as some of our listeners move from corporate to running their own business? So, for example, I went from Wall Street Mm -hmm. to now working remotely from home and then only going into client offices as needed. So I don't really need my suits anymore, but I also don't want to go all the way left to wearing yoga pants every day. Nothing against yoga pants. (laughs) It's just not not me. (laughs) So what would you recommend? I totally get it. Okay, so in transitioning your closet um, in general, I think one thing you should do when you think or approach your closet is when you walk in, look at everything in your closet and ask yourself, when was the last time you wore it? If you haven't worn it in the last six months, get rid of it. You're not going to think about it. 
And if you can't, if you don't feel like you're ready to get rid of it quite yet, put it in a bag, a box, something. And if you have not thought about what's in that bag or box, let it go. Um, and the letting go process is so hard. So sometimes I get your girlfriend, you know, get maybe get some wine or whatever makes you happy. And like, y'all have a come to Jesus. And that'll help you kind of like delve down things um, just to like get some more clarity in your closet. Because I think a lot of women in particular don't have clarity because we, you know, clothes go with us through so many pivotal moments. And so we were like, I went on my first date when I wore this jacket or I wore this to my wedding anniversary or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but maybe you were size two there. Now you're size six. Like realistically, are you going to get back to that size two? Maybe one day you will be. But at that one day that you're back to that size two, then you can buy a new thing. Okay. So that's one thing you can do. So when you're transitioning from um, from your corporate life or your you know traditional job life to being entrepreneurial, I had a struggle with that as well because while, even though I was working at Gap um, and we could wear whatever, I was still like a little more buttoned up and didn't understand what style I wanted to communicate as a true full-blown stylist mm -hmm. and so I had to like re-look at everything that I told you like what makes me happy and so I think you have to say like of these suits what is what is what blazer or what suit is going to still like communicate my style can I throw on a t-shirt under this blazer and throw on some jeans with some heels and still feel like a one of the baddest women walking into the room mm -hmm. and the answer is no and you feel like it's boring and it's humdrum and maybe you should let it go. Um, so I think you should start to like mix and match some things. So maybe like you're not wearing a full suit. Maybe you can wear the blazer with a t-shirt or like a nice little cami with some jeans or some, you know, less traditional slacks underneath and create a new look. So you don't go all the way left field and just feel like you're in yoga, like 20, uh, what is it? Seven days a week. Mm -hmm. So it's oh, about matching. You've given me some homework because I, I still have the suit section back there in my closet. No, no, you should. And I always tell my clients, I'm giving you all the notes. Um, I tell my clients, um, and even in my course, I also say that everything in your closet should be versatile. You should never have a work closet and a personal closet. They should always speak and you know, ebb and flow together. Mm -hmm. If you feel disjointed, then there might be an issue. You should always be able to utilize some of your nine to five in your every, some of your nine to five in your everyday and some of your everyday into your nine to five. Mm, I like that. I like that. Now, one person that I know does that very well is my little sister. She will walk into a Starbucks and I kid you not, the room goes quiet and everyone's like, I love what you're wearing. I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so some women in the corporate space have mastered what yeah. their style is. And I have to tell you, it really makes an impact on how you carry yourself when you walk into a room, when you deliver that message. If you know you look good, you probably feel good and people are going to be able to accept you as well. Sure. It has, it has such a huge impact. And I can't stress enough that you might have the beauty and brains, but you need that confidence and you need that brand, that full package mm -hmm. to really Deliver and drive the point home because um, you'll see it on my website and anything that I ever say or speak is that it takes seven seconds to make a first impression, only seven. 
And 55% of that first impression is based on what you're wearing and what people see. So before you even open up your mouth, you might be a Harvard grad, Yale grad. You might have all the nuggets and tools. But if I don't know you, if I don't Mm -hmm. follow you on Instagram, if I've never seen your personality, I'm already judging you on what you look like. Mm -hmm. You don't have it put together. And that confidence, like it's sadly that we are such a superficial world. but we have to be able to show up. And so that showing up is really what my brand is focusing in and honing in on through each of our verticals. What's next then for your brand? Where is Gigi and Co. Styling Firm going next? Yeah, so Gigi and Co. Styling Firm going next. We are spending 2020 really focusing on our experiences. And so we're rebooting Sip and Style in 2020, um, coming back harder, bigger than ever. Um, And then also we are going to do a weekend little like getaway with the dress code. So it's more like a retreat experience with a private chef. Um, And one, we're going to talk about like honing in on personal style, um, but also we're going to have like a branding coach come in um, and talk to women about like how to brand themselves like in the professional workspace um, and then like do some beauty stuff as well. So it's like a more like succinct, true package where you can get like the like self-image um expression but like as a top tier of dress code mm-hmm. i love that i love that you have to marry them both yes. so when you walk into the corporate space a lot of people might say she has the brains but if she if you walk in looking like right hot mess yes. mm, you're not gonna go far so yes. i love that new iteration on that note, Germany, it's been great sharing your story with our audience. Where can the listeners connect with you after this episode airs? So all of the listeners can connect with me on um, Instagram at Germany, G-G-E-R-M-A-N-E-E-G. I'll link it all in the show notes. All right. And on website at www.ggcostyling.com. Great. Thank you so much, Germany. I'm so glad you made it to the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please go on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. As always, don't forget to share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, anyone who cares to listen. We'll talk to you next time.